Luke chapter 2, uh, beginning at verse number 8. Uh, there are uh, websites uh, dedicated to just good news. All right, in a, in a world that is filled with bad news, uh, there are websites dedicated to just good news. And, and here are some headlines uh, from just this past week on some of those sites. I'm, some of them have got an image. Uh, look at the image up on the wall. This is a uh, kindergartner in Kent County, Michigan. He brought his entire kindergarten class uh, to his adoption hearing. All right, he was getting adopted, and he invited his whole class, and his whole class showed up for his adoption. Uh, that's good news. I don't have a picture of this one, but um, there's a, a school district every December, no homework. Instead of doing homework, you perform, you know, acts of kindness during December. Students, how many of you like that? No homework. All right. Only one problem, that school's in Ireland. All right. Put an image up on the wall. How many of you know uh, Richard Sherman? Uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with him, you will be today, all right? The four, his 49ers are playing the Saints, all right? Well, this week, Richard Sherman walked into a middle school in Santa Clara, California and handed the principal a check for $7,491.27 to pay off uh, student debt in the cafeteria. All right, students had charged their lunch. Richard Sherman paid it off this past week. All right, that's, that's good news. All right, uh, here's another image. This is kind of an amazing story. Um, a couple surprised their waitress who walked 14 miles to work with a new car. All right. A couple surprised their waitress who walked 14 miles to work with a new car. All right. Here's the next image. Do you see that orange thing on the kid's cast, on the kid's arm? That is a cast that is waterproof and itch-proof. If you ever had a broken arm, that's good news, right? A cast that is waterproof and itch-proof, all right? Um, and then here's an interesting one. Maybe you saw this one on the news. This was in an art gallery in Miami. A banana duct taped to the wall. It sold for $120,000. Now, that's good news if you're the artist, all right? And from what I heard, the person that paid $120,000 for the banana duct tape to the wall, he ate the banana, all right? So, anyway, uh, you know, there, there's websites, again, you know, dedicated to just good news, and, and those were some of the headlines this week. Now, my point is, is this. Uh, today, as we look at Luke's gospel, it's all about good news. 
All right, it's all about good news today. Uh, this morning, uh, we are continuing our Christmas sermon series entitled Emmanuel, God with us. And our theme verse for the series, you can look at it up on the wall. Um, it, it, I can't remember if I put it in your sermon notes or not, but here it is, Matthew 123. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. And Emmanuel, God with us, that is good news. Last week we looked at John's gospel and we talked about how God came down to this earth. Jesus came down to this earth to bring light to a dark world. Jesus came down to this earth as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And in Luke's gospel, Jesus coming down, Jesus being born is referred to as good news. Let's go ahead and look at our passage for today. If you'll stand for the reading of God's word, uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 8, Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse number 8. Look what it says. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was, when the angels had gone away from them in heaven... But the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. You may be seated. So again, the theme today, good news. And today we're going to talk about how the shepherds heard the good news, they believed the good news, and the shepherds shared the good news. All right, so we got some sermon notes in your worship folder. Here's point number one, three things we're going to talk about this morning. Here's point number one, hearing the good news. All right, make sure you've got that. Point number one, hearing the good news. All right, again, make sure you've got that. Point number one, hearing the good news. Now, the first seven verses of Luke chapter 2, we've got Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem. In the first seven verses of this chapter, Jesus is born. Once we get to verse number 8, the scene shifts to the fields of Bethlehem where shepherds are keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel appears to the shepherd. All right? And, and again, I, I want to point out what the Bible says in, in verse number 8 again. Now there was with the 
In the same country, shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Look at verse 9. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Now, in your Bibles, in verse number 9, you might want to underline the phrase, the glory of the Lord. You might want to circle that phrase. The glory of the Lord. Now, that refers to the Shekinah glory of God that we see in the, throughout the Old Testament. All right? And the Shekinah glory of God, kind of a big Bible word, but it just simply means the glory of the Lord that is associated with the presence of God on earth. All right? That's what the shepherds are seeing. And again, we see the glory of God that is, that is a major theme in the Old Testament, uh, we see the Shekinah glory of God um, on Mount Sinai when God gave the law to the people of Israel. Another great example of the Shekinah glory of God in the Old Testament is when King Solomon dedicated the temple to the Lord. The Shekinah glory of God filled the Old Testament temple. In the book of Ezekiel, we see a sad story in which the glory of the Lord departs the Old Testament temple because of Israel's sins. And so, the glory of God had not been seen in centuries in Israel. And on this night, when Jesus was born, the shepherds, they saw, they experienced the glory of the Lord. And you know what the Bible says? The shepherds were afraid. Now, there are some things that you know, you're afraid of. All right? And then there's other things that you're terrified of. All right? Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Um, one of the things I'm afraid of, I'll just, I'll be honest, um, little mice. I'm, I'm just, I'm just afraid of little mice, all right? Now, if a little mice came running across the floor right now, all right, I'm not going to, you know, I may kind of holler out, but I'm not going to be so terrified that I run out of the sanctuary, all right? But I'm afraid of little mice. Let me tell you something I'm terrified of. All right, snakes. All right, if a snake comes slithering across this floor, I'm getting out of here, all right? You're on your own, all right? I mean, we had a, um, a couple of years ago, we got home from church one Wednesday night, and we had a snake on our front porch, and you know who had to kill it? Him, all right? Once she killed the snake, once it was dead, I didn't even want to have anything to do with it then. All right, I'm terrified of snakes. All right, the angel, the, the, when the Bible says the shepherds were greatly afraid, what that means is they were terrified. They, they see the angel, they see, they experience the glory of God, and they are terrified. And so the angel, the first words from the angel are words of reassurance. Hey, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I've got good news for you. And look at what the angel says again in verse 10. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. 
For behold, I bring you good tidings. You might want to underline that phrase, good tidings. In the Greek, it simply means good news. All right? So the angel is saying, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. All right, so what we see here, the shepherds, they're hearing the good news. They're hearing the good news that a Savior had been born. And look, these shepherds, they needed a Savior. In, in Old Testament times, shepherds were revered, not so much in New Testament times. Uh, due to the demands of their profession, uh, shepherds uh, were not able to keep up with the ceremonial law. They frequently missed uh, Jewish synagogue. Um, scholars will tell you that shepherds in New Testament times didn't always have the best reputation. And so these shepherds, they needed a Savior. But what we see in Luke's gospel and what we see throughout the entire New Testament is that everyone needs a Savior. It doesn't matter if you're a shepherd. It doesn't matter if you're a religious leader. It doesn't matter if you're a civic leader. Everyone needs a Savior. And let me say the same still rings true today. We all need a Savior. And we all need a Savior because we've all sinned. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. And that's why the good news is for all people. Go back and look at verse number um, 10 again. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The good news of Jesus is for all people because we all need a Savior. All right, so here are the shepherds. All right, they needed a Savior. And they're hearing the good news of the Savior's birth. Now, before we move on, I want you to think about today. When was the first time? That you heard the good news of the Savior's birth. Think about that for just a second. When is the first time? When was the first time that you heard the good news of Jesus? And who told you about that good news? Who was the, who was the first person? that told you about the good news that we have a Savior, Jesus. Uh, maybe it was a parent or another family member. Uh, maybe it was a close friend or a co-worker who first shared with you the good news of Jesus. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was your pastor. Maybe you're sitting out there today and you're hearing the good news of Jesus Christ for the very first time. All right, that's point number one, hearing the good news. All right, look at point number two. All right, believing the good news. All right, point number two, believing the good news. So here's the deal with the shepherds. They hear the good news, and then we see in Luke chapter 2 
that they believe the good news. All right, and, and we see their belief in action. We see their faith in action. Look at what they do after they hear the good news of Jesus' birth. Look at verse 15 and 16. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And then they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, I want to point out two words in those two verses. In verse 15, do you see the word now? You might want to underline that word in your Bible, the word now. All right? And then in verse 16... Do you see the word haste? Right, do you see those two words in verses 15 and 16? All right, think of it like this. All right. Uh, years ago, when Kim and I first got married, uh, the, the PlayStation 2 video game system came out. And uh, I wanted one of those systems really bad. Like the day they came out, I went to... Every Walmart, every Target, every video game store in the Jackson area, they were all sold out. And this went on for weeks. I can remember one time even getting up at 4 a.m. to go stand in line at a Best Buy grand opening, hoping they had a PlayStation 2. Um, they came out about an hour before Best Buy opened and said they had 20 PlayStation 2s. I was the 23rd person in line, all right? And I, again, this went on for weeks. I think it came out in September. This went on for weeks. I was looking for one. And, and like the day before Thanksgiving, the, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, we're at Kim's parents' house. And her brother and I, I can remember, we're playing a video game. And while we're playing the video game, I was like, Kim, hey, why don't you call some stores, see if they have a PlayStation 2. We haven't looked around here. And so she started calling stores and you know the first couple were the typical no we don't have one we don't know when we're getting one it's just kind of the luck of the draw you just kind of have to be here well she called Toys R Us in Hattiesburg they had one and I'm like Kim ask them if they'll take a payment over the phone they wouldn't they were like you got to get here we got two left you you know first come first serve all right so now me and my brother-in-law we hear that all right we're in the middle of a video game. Did we, did we wait to leave until our video game was over? No, we didn't delay. We, we stopped the video game. We got in the car and we started driving. I was driving as fast as the law would allow. All right? And it felt like it's, it's a 30-minute drive from Ellisville to Hattiesburg. And it seems like it's taken... Five hours to go 30 minutes. It's, we can't get there fast enough. And so we, we get off the Hattiesburg exit, and I start going over the plan with Kim and her brother. I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop y'all off at the front door. Kim, you run into the store, and you find the first employee you see and ask them for the PlayStation 2. I told her brother, hey, you run into the store, you go to the video game system, see if you can grab the slip for the PlayStation 2. I will be in there as soon as I can. And so I you know, pull in on two wheels, 
I let them off. I go park the car. I get out of the car. I run into the store. All right? And when I get there, in there, Kim's talking to one of the employees. She's laughing. And within a few minutes, we had a PlayStation 2. But here's my point. We didn't delay. All right? We didn't wait. We were in a hurry to get there and get it. And again, that's the idea with the shepherds. They didn't delay going to see Jesus. They didn't, they didn't put it off. They didn't wait. They went immediately and found Jesus. Maybe another way to think of it, all right? I think about our, our firemen in, Bo, in Bogalusa. Um, you know, say they're in the middle of a meal when they get a, a call that there's a fire or a medical emergency. Do they say, hey, we're going to wait till we finish the meal and then we'll go put out the fire? Is that how it works? No. They leave immediately. They get up from the table and leave immediately. You know, yesterday, I don't know, maybe this happened, I don't know. Maybe they're watching the LSU game. All right? They get a call in the LSU game that there's a fire or a medical emergency. Are they like, hey, let's wait till the game's over? Or do they go put out the fire? Again, that's what the shepherds did. They didn't delay. They didn't put it off. They didn't wait. They went immediately and saw Jesus. They were in a hurt. They made haste to see Jesus. I think that's a great word for us today. You know, there's so many people, you know, when it, when it comes to believing in Jesus, getting saved, there's so many people that want to delay the decision. There's so many people that just want to put it off. Wait, I'll wait till next Sunday. I'll, I'll wait till I'm in church the next time, and then I will make a decision for Christ. But look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. We'll put the verse up on the wall. It's also in your notes, 2 Corinthians 6, 2. Look what it says. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Hey, when it comes to believing in Jesus, when it comes to getting saved, it's not something we delay. It's not something we put off. Today, now is the time of salvation. Let's move on. Number three, sharing the good news. All right, sharing the good news. All right, so, so the shepherds, all right, are you with me? They, they hear the good news. All right, they believe the good news. And then we see that they share the good news. Um, look at verse uh, 17. All right, look at verse 17. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And you might want to underline the phrase, made widely known. Right? And, and here's what amazes me about the shepherd. 
they didn't go through evangelism training. They didn't go through a Bible study, share Jesus without fear. They just simply retold what was told them. They just simply went out and they shared the good news of the Savior's birth. And I think one of the reasons that we don't share our faith more is that we overcomplicate it. We overcomplicate it. What if I don't say the right thing? What if I don't say all the things I'm supposed to say? Look, sharing Jesus is pretty straightforward. Especially this time of year. You see that baby in the manger? That's Jesus. He was born as a Savior. And we need a Savior. We all need a Savior. Because we've all sinned. Sharing Jesus is straightforward. And and I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. This Christmas season, let's make widely known the story of Jesus' birth. Let's go out and let's tell our friends and and our family members and our co-workers about Jesus, the Savior, what this season is all about. Um, as we approach ne- next year, as we go into 2020, it's our 100th year of ministry as a church. And, and I want to challenge us as a church to recommit ourselves to sharing Jesus. Um, you know, in, 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 in most cities in the United States, uh, the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses knock on more doors than Baptists. I want to I encourage us, as we celebrate 100 years, to renew our commitment to evangelism. You know, uh, last, uh, I believe it was last, maybe last fall, uh, we did neighborhood knocks. We went to a couple of neighborhoods and knocked on every door, invited into the church. I'm saying today, hey, let's start doing that in every neighborhood in Bogalusa until we knock on every door telling the story of Jesus Christ. Look at some verses in your sermon notes. We'll put them up on the wall. Romans 10, uh, 13 through 15. Uh, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, Verse 14 says, but how can they call on him? To save them unless they believe in him. And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And then verse 15, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Look, Jesus sent us. He sent us into the world to share the good news. Let's make it widely known this Christmas season. Let's recommit ourselves as a a church to share the good news of Jesus with the people of Bogalusa. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of of invitation, a time of of response. Uh, Maybe today, as we, we talked about sharing the good news, making it widely known with our friends and our 
our, our family members. Uh, maybe today God's convicting you of, maybe God's putting some people on your heart that you need to share Jesus with this Christmas season, whether it be a friend or a family member, co-worker. Maybe today you just need to come to this altar, get on your knees and, and pray that, that God would give you the, the courage, the, the boldness, that the Holy Spirit would lead you in sharing Jesus with that person. Maybe today you're sitting out there and you've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never been saved. And, and I want to remind you about the shepherds. They didn't delay. They didn't wait. They didn't put it off. The Bible says, now is the day of salvation. And if you've never put your faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you, don't delay. Don't put it off. But today, make the decision to accept Jesus as Savior of your life. And if that's you today, I want to encourage you when we stand up and sing to come down and talk to me about accepting Jesus as Savior of your life. How's God speaking to you today? How do you need to respond to the invitation today? Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful for the good news that, that we have a Savior because we need a Savior. Every person on this planet needs a Savior. And the, and the good news of Jesus is for all. And, and Father, I, I pray that we make it widely known. This Christmas season, I, I pray that as a church, we, can re, we recommit ourselves to sharing Jesus with the people of Bogalusa. Father, for those today that have never been saved, that have never put their faith in you, Father, I pray that they don't delay, they don't put it off. But I pray the, the prayer of, of, of 2 Corinthians 16, now is the day of salvation. Father, as we come to this point of invitation,